What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Hannah Briel, and on today's episode, we have Meredith Nelson, owner of Primetime Fitness. So Meredith actually started as a music major. She found fitness in college. She worked as a case manager after and taught fitness classes before and after work. So as a case manager working with people with disabilities, she found that there was a missing piece between the fitness world and those with disabilities, and she believed that people with disabilities should still be fit and they should still have access to fitness. So she quit her job and she decided to open her own training studio. Meredith and I talk about her story, her journey before, during, and after the pandemic, the five disciplines of triathlon. I know you thought there were only three, but there are five how to deal with clients who aren't listening to you. Should we be nice? Should we be blunt? What's our job here? Realistic goal setting and what's next on the horizon for Meredith. Meredith also tells us about her traumatic experience with her first triathlon. She said she was never doing one again, but she just completed a half Ironman on May 23rd. So shout out to Meredith. Everyone give her a big congratulations. Thanks for listening, everyone, and enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Today, we have a special guest who's actually back for a round two. Today, we have Meredith Nelson, owner of Primetime Fitness. Meredith, welcome. Thank you. Well, welcome back, I Thank you. Say. Happy to be back. Yes. Like you said before, you're a very different person than the first time you were on. Yeah, a little different. A little different. Just a little. Yeah. A few years. Of changes. You know, it's, this is the post-COVID me. Mm, yes, we're all a little bit different. Can you tell me your background, and can you tell me more about Primetime Fitness? My background. How far back? Oh, man. Do you when want did all to this get? start? When did all of this start? This all started, I guess I should... Well, it all started when I was fat and chubby as a child. Um, went to college, had several majors, um, ended up being a music major. Okay. This was in Nashville? No, this was at Furman. Oh, okay. In Greenville. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, took a PE class from a professor who had been a cardiac surgeon, gave up his practice to, he was in Texas, gave up his practice to move to Greenville and become an HPE professor. Um, so I took PE, like HPE 101 or whatever with him. And that was where the new me was born, I guess I should say, um, Ray Moss from Furman University, he was a co-writer of the the, Fur, the Furman First Running book. It's called the, the First. First, I can't remember. Run Fast, Run Farther, Run Fast. Okay. Um, I took a nutrition class from him and another adaptive PE class from him. And that's when I kind of realized that, hey, I like fitness. I like working with people with disabilities. Um... So even though I did graduate with a degree in music and then went on to Carolina to get a master's in counseling, I still had this love of fitness and working with people with disabilities. So I ended up, uh, after grad school, working with people with disabilities, doing vocational counseling. So the fitness thing was just on the side. I taught aerobics before work, after work. And where was this? That was at LifeQuest in Mount Pleasant. Okay, so Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started that in 92, got my personal training certificate in 95 and, um, continue to work in that field doing counseling. I did case management for workers comp, 
always with people with disabilities and decided that there was a missing piece between um, the fitness world and people with disabilities. And people with disabilities still need to be fit. They need to be able, I mean, they have potential. They have capabilities. They have abilities. So I quit my job, um, decided I was going to open a little private studio targeting mostly Mm -hmm. people with disabilities. And it kind of, that's how it started, but then I kind of, you know, people saw, oh, a gym on Sullivan's Island. Mm -hmm. So I ended up working with a lot of general population folks, too, as well as the disabilities. So that's kind of where it all began, um, from Sullivan's Island, went to a different location in Mount Pleasant, where the old TV2 station used to be, which they tore down three or four years ago, I think, for um, to build some apartments. Classic, and, right? Yeah, right? Of course they did. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but we have shocker. <laughs> so um, from there, when our building got destroyed, I got torn down. Um, at the time, Gold's was moving into Mount Pleasant right down the street. So we got together, and I accepted a position there as director of personal training. And that was just a nice little segue. It was a nice place to go, landing spot, when I was kind of in limbo. Um, and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. and my client said, well, we're not going to the gym, so we still need to work out, and I want to come to your house. So I said, okay, let me <laughs> round up all my little dusty, rusty weights, dumbbells, and we'll go in my little garage, and we'll do something there. And... Um, when it was time to go back to the gym, most of my clients didn't want to go back to the gym, so we just upfitted my garage, and it's comfortable. It's I mean, I've got some nice equipment, and I can still park my car in it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is, in a nutshell, my background. So you were doing this before it was cool, and mm-hmm. then you switched something. You switched because the building was being torn right, down. Right, right, right. And then COVID happened, and then it became cool again. And it became cool again. Yeah. yeah exactly. And people were and like, now everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to do it, yes. Mm-hmm. In-home, personal training, or I'll go to your house is... Or virtual. Yes. So you do a lot of virtual I as do. well. I do some right? virtual, yeah. So what made you decide, like, was it really just like, oh, my clients need to be trained during COVID? Like, what made you go back? Um, I kept trying to convince them, like, guys, just because you can't go to the gym, that doesn't mean you get to take a break. You Mm -hmm. still got to work out. Most of them said, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm going to do my own thing. Well, you know, weeks went by and I started getting those phone calls like, Meredith, this isn't going away. Yeah. Yeah, I need help. I'm getting bored. I'm getting fat. You know, I'm getting out of shape. What do I do? And I was like, well... I've been trying to tell you, come on over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't at first they all realized they needed to keep going. I had to pull. I didn't pull any arms. I didn't twist any arms. You know, I wasn't going to pull people in. I just, I did a lot of, um, of, when I was with Golds, I did a lot of FaceTime video workouts. Um, and that was kind of the way we tried to keep our people active. Mm-hmm. So I kept those on my website. Um, they're on YouTube. So if people couldn't join us for the FaceTime Live, then they're there. Um, so some people still say they they check out, you know, I did Cardio Crush or I did yoga or whatever. Um, and then once we quit doing that is when my people said, okay, we got to yeah, we gotta get back somehow. I need some accountability right. here. Right? Right. And I that's, think that's the main thing. Exactly. Like, that's what we saw is that, you know, you can do all this stuff on your own. You can go download a YouTube video or whatever. I feel like that was, I sounded so old just saying that right now. But <laughs> no, no, Download no. a YouTube video, is that even a thing? <laughs> I but think people, it is. you have all these options and you have, you know, so much time at home. And if you don't have a schedule, you don't have a routine and you don't have someone like waiting on you or checking oh, on you, it's absolutely. just not going to Absolutely. Yeah. And so you're on Sullivan's. No. You're not anymore? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I was. That's where I started. Okay, I uh, was on Sullivan. So now I'm in the old village. And oh Pleasant. yes, okay. But you still see a lot of people. Yes. on Sullivan. Yes, because mm-hmm. now the people on Sullivan's don't have a gym, right? They haven't had a gym since we left in 2015. That's always so surprising to me. And like, is there one on IOP? No, there's the IOP Rec Center. Oh, I'm sure that's lovely. It's not terrible. I haven't been in a few years, but they just, uh, several years ago, they redid it, and they they 
made the fitness room bigger, I think. Um, it used to be really, like, as big as this room. <gasps> yeah, it was really tiny and cramped, oh, no. but it, they've redone it. You say my um, room is tiny and cramped? No, 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 I'm no, no, no. Put a fitness center in this room. See what happens. Oh, I trust me. When there's more than two people in here, it gets warm. <laughs> Definitely. So you worked, you have a passion for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there a specific population? And, and how did you get into that? Um, there's not really a specific population. I mean, I feel like now just about anybody you meet has a special need of some kind. Um, I got into it, like I said, I took an adaptive PE class in college, so that kind of opened my eye. I just did like a little internship with a child who had um, cerebral palsy. Um, But then working with vocational rehabilitation, people who had been injured and could no longer do their job, perform their job duties, and as part of that job, I did stress management for cardiac rehab at Roper and USC hospitals. So, I guess I do have kind of a little bit of a strong interest in that field, cardiac rehab. And in fact, I do, like I mentioned earlier, I have a guy who had open heart surgery New Year's Eve. So, we're working on getting him his cardio endurance back as well as his strength. And he is a golfer. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so he that's one goal of his is to be able to get back on the golf course and walk 18 holes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like the, like you said, like the missing piece, like the the rehab population that they're not in the hospital anymore and they kind of just get like thrown back into the world yeah. and they're like, like you said, like they need fitness too. They right. might need it even more, yeah. especially like after open heart surgery or after a stroke. Well, and also the guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, like the one guy that, that, that I just mentioned, um, you know, he's like, look, I, I know I need to, I know what I want to do. I know I need what I I, I kind of know that I need to do something, but I just don't know. I mean, can I can I do this? Can I do that? I'm like, yeah, I think you can. Or no, let's not do that. So yeah, that they don't a, know where to start. They don't know where to start, and they don't know how hard to push. And some some of them don't know that they can push harder. And then some of them you have to rein them back in. Some of them push too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now that you're, you're fully back into primetime fitness, mm-hmm. what does a day in the life of Meredith look like now? Meredith has learned that she comes first. Yes. Love that. <laughs> well, actually Meredith has learned that her workouts come first. Um, I practice what I preach if I'm going to tell my clients, you have got to make time. You've got to put it in your calendar when you're going to work out seven days a week. I want you to put it in there. I want you to have a plan for seven days a week because I know life is going to happen and you're going to miss one, two, maybe even three days, but that's okay because then you still have four, five, six days that you have hit your exercise goals. So if I'm going to tell my clients that I expect them to do that, I feel like I should lead by example. Um, so a day in my life, I, every day is completely different. Um, you know, this morning I got up and did my bike and my run first, started seeing clients have a little bit of a break before my afternoon lineup of clients. Sometimes my days start at six or six thirty with a client. I have a little morning lineup, I call it. And then my late morning, early afternoon is devoted to my workout. Mm-hmm. And then I go back and do more. So each client is an hour? Mm, a half hour depends. or an hour. Depends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was there something that made you realize, okay, Meredith's workouts come first? Like, was there a point where you had kind of let that go and then you had to bring it back? I've always kind of made it a priority, but I some, not to the extent that I do now. I mean, now every single day there's a line in my calendar that I've blocked off usually two hours to get a workout in. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been times in the past where I was just trying to book clients, book clients, book clients. I'm like, oh, there's 30, I can, oh, I got 30 minutes. I'm going to sneak in a workout right now. I mean, I always manage to get my workout in, but it hasn't always been a priority like it is now. You were scheduling your workout around your clients right. rather than your clients around your right. like, your non-negotiables. Right. Yeah. Right. right. We talk about that a lot here. And it's something that I've had to start doing more now too, especially when you're in the world of helping other people be healthier. It's so ironic how we let ourselves be less healthy. And we're trying to let 
trying to get all these other people healthy, it's like, we're the first ones to go. Okay, right. well, I'll just wake up a little earlier. I, I just will wait to eat, or I won't work out that day. And you're like, you do that for weeks at a time. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, like you said, you have to practice what you preach. Yeah. So right now, working out has been looking a little bit different because you have a big event coming up. Correct. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Okay. I I was initially signed up to do the Augusta Half Ironman mm. in September. September last year. Oh, that got canceled. Got canceled. So they let us defer. And uh, so I chose Chattanooga, which is in 19 days. Oh, wow. You're right. Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah. So, yes, my workouts have been looking a little different. They've been a lot longer. <laughs> They've been um, a little more intense. Not not terribly more intense um, than what I'm used to. been spending way less time running than I usually do. A lot of time on the bike. More time in the pool than I'm used to. Um, and so. what is the reason for that? The less running. The because less that's running. what my coach tells me to do. Oh, come on. <laughs> Who's your coach? Chris Bailey. Coach Chris, without okay. limits. Okay. How long yeah. have you been with him? Probably, I want to say, I know I ran the bridge run with his training plan, I think, in 2018. Okay. So a few years, about yeah. a few years. Off and on. If yeah. I don't have a big event, I'm like, Chris, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Um, but no, he's got a good little a good little thing going. He's We've got some great teammates. I need to interview him. You do need to interview him. Putting him on the list. Yes. When did you start triathlon training? For this particular? For, like, ever. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Round 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 one or round two? I trained for my... I don't know if... I don't even remember if I trained for my first triathlon. It was probably, like, 10 or 12 or 15 years ago. Okay. So, you've been a triathlon No, 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 no. Okay. I did a sprint. Okay. And my, so, you know, I'm a tiny person. Really? And at the time, my age group went off with the Athena division, which is women over 150 pounds. So I'm in the water with much larger women than me. You know, they're swimming on top of me. They're kicking me. They're, it's, it was horrible. And, and meanwhile, every time I took a breath, I look mm-hmm. over, because it was in the dog pond at James Island County Park. So every time I... Took a breath. I see the dogs running in and out of the water. And I'm thinking, never again. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. So I got out of that triathlon. I said, I am a one and done. I am mm-hmm. never doing another one, ever. So then fast forward, well, I don't even remember, like I said, 10, 12, 15 years later. And again, I think it was that one glass of wine too many. <laughs> I see this email come through from Charleston County Parks. Hey, you can sign up for all five of the sprint tries next year for $140. I'm like, done. Sure. Love to. What's a deal? So I did that. So that was in 2019. So that's when I guess my real triathlon experience started. So you tried it before and you got kicked. Literally, what a kicked punch! Why? Why were there dogs? Also, it's in the dog pond. So you just you you're. I mean, the dogs they're far away, but you see them on the bank of the pond, just in and out. Is it still there? Oh yeah, that's where they do the sprint tries every year. In the so dog you're pond. okay with it now? I just don't think about it anymore. <laughs> do you still get kicked? <laughs> I stay on. I stay in the outside. That's one thing, you know, I've learned. Yeah. I've learned a whole, it's amazing. The triathlon world, it, there's, it's like, a, it's just unreal how much there is to learn. Because it's not just, oh, you need to run, you need to swim, and you need to bike. It's, like, it's logistics and strategy and transition. Nutrition. And, mm, I mean, yeah. These Nutrition, sleep. Yeah. Um, so they say that there are five disciplines in the triathlon. Mm. Swim, bike, run, nutrition, and sleep. I like that. Yeah. So how do you, what is the nutrition and the sleep discipline? What do those look like for you? Uh, sleep, I have no choice. I am out. Yeah, You know, nine o'clock at night, I'm in bed usually. I mean, for me to be up at 10 is, is, is late. And I'll get up around Five, five thirty. I mean, I've slept from nine to six before. I don't usually sleep that much. I don't need that much sleep. But now I, I try to figure out when I need to get up, 
to either get my workout or start with my clients, and then I back that up eight hours at least. Um, nutrition, my nutrition is, I tend to eat pretty clean anyway. The, the challenge has been what to eat. I mean, if you're doing an event for six hours, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't really want to stop and eat. Um, I mean, I do. Stop I want to. Yeah. So, you know, I've dabbled with how do I get my nutrition dialed in? How much nutrition? How many calories do I need when I'm on the bike? What time do I need to eat in the morning before the event? Um, so, and I've had, to, I've had to switch my intake. So, you know, when you're on the bike, it's hard to eat, mm-hmm. like, you know, a bar or a gel or something. Is it easy to eat the rest of the event? Well, I mean, I would do a gel during the run. Okay, I'm like the swim, probably no eating. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> a lot no, of drinking. No, but not a lot of eating. Yeah, hopefully no drinking. Yeah, no, I don't want to drink that water. Oh, I had a friend who, so you know, in the CrossFit world, did an event, a competition. I don't know where it was. Definitely somewhere like it was Argentina. That's where it was, and there was a swim, and he drank so much water during the swim, and a lot of other athletes did that he got so sick. And was like throwing up nonstop, and it was like, why are we putting people in this water? But well, that's the thing. And I was just, I, I'm like I said, there's a lot to learn. So mm-hmm. I followed this one podcast, um, and I was listening just this morning about 31. They had 31 race day time savers or something oh. like that. Hmm. Um, and one of the things that they mentioned was, you know. This wasn't a time-saving strategy, but they did mention drinking, like, know your body of water. Mm -hmm. If you're in a dirty lake or whatever, you know, try to be careful and cognizant. And they they suggested maybe even if you can do it, not to do it on race day if you haven't done it before, but practice, like, taking a, I don't know, a Tums or something to to ease your stomach, like, the morning of the race. Mm -hmm. Because you never know what you might take in. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna make sure that I don't. You don't anything. drink a lot of the water. <laughs> so it's in Chattanooga, right? So I've heard that the swim is with the current. The swim is all downstream. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we like that. I like that. The elevation. Yes. How's that compared to um, the big elevation in Charleston? Oh yes. Um, the elevation is. I don't know what the elevation is on the bike. I can't remember. I've done. A couple of workouts where I just go up and down the bridge, up, up and mm-hmm. over, you know, do just several bridge repeats. The running elevation, I want to say it's about 500 feet elevation gain. Um, and I did do one big, long hill workout recently, and I wasn't paying attention to my elevation while I was running, but afterwards I looked and I was like, oh, sweet, I just did 800 feet oh, of nice. elevation gain in a sense. So I feel like that's... Yeah. I've been working on that. Where do you ride around here to get that? Um, the bridge. <laughs> over and over again? Yep. Ooh, so this was something that you had planned on doing in September. Mm-hmm. I think it was August or September, yeah. In Augusta. Mm-hmm. So when it got canceled, and I'm sure you probably knew, like, we all knew it was going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. How did you, was it a struggle for you to keep training? Like, mentally to be like, I've been training for this for maybe six months or a year, and now I'm going to keep training for the same thing. You know, a lot of my teammates, a lot of athletes have struggled with that. Um, I'm the kind of person that just, I kind of feel like I go with the flow in most cases, and I'm like, it is what it is. So, yeah, it was hard um, to stay motivated, but, you know, I just, sometimes I feel like I don't need external goals are nice but if you're externally motivated then what happens when those goals get stripped from you like these races do so a lot of it just has to come in from internal motivation and I mean part of the reason why I do what I do physically is to stay fit and to stay healthy so fortunately I have friends that I ride with that I run with and we would continue to go out and ride we would continue to do our track workouts just, I mean, it was our social time, to too. your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost more like a habit at that point. Absolutely. So when you talk about, like, internal, like, intrinsic motivation, mm-hmm. what would be your biggest why? Like, the reason that you do this every day. Ooh. Gosh. Um, part 
partly because, like I mentioned before, I, I feel obligated to lead by example. But it's just, it's who I am now. I mean, it's, it hasn't always been. And maybe that's part of it. Neither of my parents are healthy, were healthy, have ever been healthy. And I shouldn't say healthy, active. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't see myself following in those footsteps. So, I mean, it's just kind of what I do. And fortunately, my husband is active. He, I won't say he understands why I do what I do, but he, <laughs> he's not a triathlete. He's not a triathlete. Okay. He has no desire to, to be, but, um, but he, you know, he, he's supportive and, um, he's like, yeah, go, you know, if you got to run two hours, if you got to ride your bike for five or whatever, yeah. go do what you do. He understands. Yeah. Well, like you said, kind of understands, but also like, why would you want to ride your bike for five hours? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. We all have different things that we all like to do, you mm-hmm. know, and it's just about like finding the thing that you like to do and doing mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. I, I like the, your why, because it's like, it's become your identity. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's who you are mm-hmm. and it's a part of your lifestyle. And so even though your, your training, your, your event, it changed dates. It didn't change who you were because right. that's just part of your life. You go out with your friends and you ride or you go for a run. And I think when you don't have the people that you do that with, it's so hard to keep going, especially when there are people around you who, like, let's say your husband didn't understand. Right. And then it would be like, all right, well, I'm not going to go today because I'm going to hang out with you or I don't have anyone to go with. When Going back to when you had a little bit too much wine ah, and signed yes, up, yes, yes, yes. was there a story there about the wine? Oh, just that anybody who knows me knows that I... Do love my wine. What kind of wine? And I like Chardonnay. Oh, come and on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you say that like I, that's bad. I, I just, that's the one that I don't like. Like uh, the only one that I don't uh, like. No, I do. It's got to be the right kind of Chardonnay. The right, mm. you know, there's, there's buttery and oaky and there's, there's fruit in it. So, um, and my clients come to me also for nutritional guidance and you know they're like well I'm not giving this up I'm not giving this up I'm not I'm like look you got to cut out sweets you got to cut back on your you know your bad fats but I will never tell you you have to give up your alcohol your beer your wine whatever it is maybe cut back you know moderation um, so that helps me relate to my clients. Yes, I understand. You gotta be realistic too. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You're not gonna cut out wine forever, so why would you cut it out right now? Right. Yeah, totally understand. Yeah. yeah. So you had a little bit too much wine, you signed up for these. What did you do differently to prepare for those than you did when you did the first bad experience dog park? I reached out to coach Chris Bailey. You got a coach. <laughs> I got a coach. Yes. Love that. What did that look like in the first few months of well, your training? I used him first for um, some, not PRs, because my PRs were years ago. I'll never see another one. But I used him because I had some some goals that I wanted to hit. Like I wanted to do the, the Cooper River Ridge Run mm-hmm. in a certain time. And um, it's just, it's nice to have somebody say, do this, do yes. this, do this, instead of me trying to figure out what to do every time I went out for a run. Because well, you so, do that for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really nice to have somebody tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, so I used Without Limits and Chris first, primarily for running. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I signed up for the triathlons, I was like, okay, now I really need some help. <laughs> yeah. So this is your first half Ironman. Correct. But not your first triathlon. Right. And the triathlon distances before, what I've, were they? I've done sprints. Okay. So I've done the 600 meter, 600 yard, eight, 6 to 800. Nobody's ever sure what the swim distance is actually at mm-hmm. the James Island Sprint Series. That's funny. Um, and then the you know, 11 or 12 mile bike and mm-hmm. then the 5k run. And then I've done one Olympic distance, mm-hmm. which is, I don't remember what the swim was. It was an ocean swim. Oh, where was that? It was at Kiowa. Oh, nice. Yeah. When is that? It is November? going to be in October. October. Okay. This is the first half Ironman. Correct. What made you want to do an Ironman? More wine? Oh, <laughs> could be. I don't know what made me want to do a half Ironman. Um, it just kind of seemed... I really enjoyed the, the Olympic distance that I did. And I was coming off of that. 
and thinking, okay, well, I've got time to train for a half Ironman. The timing was just, everything fell into place. And then, boom, it was all gone with COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm always, I'm always thinking, okay, what am I going to do next? What's next? Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, longer. Mm-hmm. Like, if I finish a half marathon, I'm not going, okay, well, what's the next marathon mm-hmm. I'm going to do? But it's what, what different. I like to do different. You like different. Yeah. yeah. What, what would you say would be, like, the most challenging part mentally of this type of training? I think it's the um, knowing, like, I, I've been very um, regimented with my training. I haven't missed. I think that's been really hard, like, okay, you've got a, another bike to do. You've got another run to do. It's not, there's, to me, there's there's no negotiation. There's no, oh, I'll, I'm tired. I'm going to miss mm-hmm. this one. Um, I didn't sleep well last night. My husband, he went to the gym this morning. He came back, and I was on my trainer on the bike, and he was like, I thought you'd be in the bed. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> as nice as that would have been. So that's probably. Like the discipline? Yeah. Do you feel like you've always had that? Mm, yeah, but in different in different arenas. It yeah. always hasn't been fitness. It's different realms of life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do a lot of your clients struggle with that? Mm-hmm. How do you help them with that? Mm. <laughs> the hands are on the forehead, no. people. Yeah. Boy, it's, that, it's that emoji where the girl's smacking herself in the forehead? Yes. Uh. Like, if you would just do this, how do you, how do you cross that barrier with them? Um, it can be tough. I mean, I, I am very... Like I said, it is what it is. I say, why? And I have people write down their goals mm-hmm. when they first come to me. So I pull out the goal sheet. I say, this is what you wanted to get done. Okay? It's been three months. Have we made any progress? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, I'm like, hey, let's, let's keep it up. You're doing great. If the answer is no, I say, okay, why not? You know, um, are you being consistent with your exercise? Are you being consistent with your nutrition? What's going on? You know, I tell people, one of my, one of the things that I tell people when they're not seeing results is, look, you see me for what, an hour a week? You know, maybe 30 minutes twice a week, maybe 30 minutes three times a week. You can't walk in here and the fitness fairy sprinkles dust and your goals are poof, done. So it's just a reality check. That's how I deal with them. And some people don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they want to come to me two or three times a week, leave, continue with their life as it has been, and they still want to reach their goals. They still want to lose the weight. They want to get fitter. They want to get stronger. And they don't see it happening. So that's when we have a little... Heart to heart. Heart to heart. What does that normally take? Like if, if you are... They're seeing you a couple times a week... But they haven't changed anything else, right? What do they often have to change the rest of the week? Are they like going to the gym on their own? They might, but I usually start with small steps. Look, mm-hmm. I want you to walk. Mm-hmm. I want you to walk for 30 minutes most days of the week. I say, I'll let you miss a day, but I will never, you can't miss two days in a row, okay? If you miss a day, then you have to walk again the next day. <laughs> I don't think that's too much to ask. No. I mean, that's our job, right? Right. Like, that's your job. Right. They come to you. Right. And it's always this, like, struggle because they come to you for accountability to meet these goals. And you're like, this is what you need to do to meet these goals. Right. But then there's also the side of it that is like, oh, I want to be nice. Like, I want to be... I'm done with that. Yeah. But I'm done with that. You're like, you're, you're doing a disservice to them yeah. if you're not... You almost like, have to be blunt. Oh, very. That's why yeah. I have them write it down, and I, this is this is what you said you wanted to do, and I try to be nice about it. You know, I really do. I yeah, I'm not a jerk. Nice, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm just like, for them. I'm like, these are what this is what you wanted to do. Now, what's what's going on? And and sometimes, like for example, I've got the the one girl who I FaceTime with, who lives in Ohio. We meet three times a week. She is doing great. She's lost a lot of weight. It's been a complete learning process for her. and um, But, like, 
for a while there's nothing was happening. So we started really looking at what she's eating and I'm like, oh, so we've got her on my fitness pal. She logs everything that she eats. We're not obsessive about it. If she misses a couple of days, that's fine. But at least we can see when she does log, you know, well, you made some bad choices here. What was up? And she's like, well, why is that a bad choice? So it's just a matter matter of educating yeah. some people. Um, but some people, they're like, you know, well, no, I didn't log it, you know, because I went out and I went to a party or I went out of town. And I'm like, uh, you know, <laughs> that's life. Yeah. How do you reel people in? Like, if you have someone who has all these goals, like, let's say I'm dealing with a client right now who has all these goals, and he's like, I want to do this, I'm going to pay you to help me with this, and then radio silence. Like, oh. I'm trying to coach you, but you aren't giving anything to me. Have you ever fired someone before? Have you ever, like, fired a client? I, I have not fired a client, but... When we, in our discussions, it's their decision Mm -hmm. to leave. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like, you can give me this money and I want to help you, but like, why are you paying me if you're not? Because for some, for most people, if you pay, you're going to do it. Right. It's holding you accountable. Right. It kind of depends on the person and, and how much. If it's, like, if the number is painful, like, a little bit painful, then they're way more likely to actually do what they say that they're going to yes. do. If it's just yes. like, oh, $20, I'm probably not actually going to do it. Yeah. Right? But there comes a time where it's like, like we said, you have to you have to be that person for them. You have to mm-hmm. be like, you have to do these things. You told me you wanted to do these things. What's up? Right. Exactly. How'd that conversation exactly. go? That discussion. Well, that's when the person says, you know what? I, um, you know, I'm not... I'm not achieving my goals. I'm not making any progress. And, you know, Meredith, it's it's not on you. I, you know, I come to you and I do what you tell me to do, but then I leave and I don't do what you tell mm-hmm. me to do. I don't do my homework. I don't eat, you know, I, I eat bad, badly. I, you know, so they, they realize it. They're like, you know what? I want to make changes, but I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And the one girl who's doing so well when she came, she's, she's worked out with me before in the past. But she reached out uh, about a, a little over a year ago, I think, and she said, "You know, I'm I'm ready. I'm mm-hmm. I'm ready to, to do what I need to do." And like that's this. what's helped her see success this time. You have to be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. they have to have the goals. Mm-hmm. And they have to want to do it. They mm-hmm. have to be ready. Mm-hmm. How have you seen people, their mindset, physically, mentally? How have you seen a change, that change in the last year? Like, people affected with COVID and the pandemic. Have you noticed anything different about your clients? Is it harder to get them to work out? Are people struggling? I think at first it was harder to get them to work out because, like I said before, it, everybody thought, oh, this will be it. This isn't going to last. Yeah. Two weeks of quarantine. Two, two weeks of quarantine. Yep, exactly. So, you know, they, they saw an end. Once they realized that there wasn't an end that they could see to all of that, then they were like, "Okay, I I gotta get I gotta get myself back in on track here." And at that point, it wasn't as difficult to get yeah. them. It was like once they realized that this was the new normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about working with clients that they just come to you? two to three times a week, and then they don't change any other aspects of their life? Well, it depends on what their goals are. Mm -hmm. I mean, if their goals, that might be exactly what they want. They might be perfectly happy coming to me twice a week and feeling, okay, I've done something good for myself. I worked out. Um, You know, realistically, if you give them a good workout twice a week, that's, that should, that's, I will accept that. Yeah, it's way more than they were doing before. Yes. It's already a huge improvement. Yes. But if you're coming to me again saying you want to reach certain goals, then probably twice a week is, you know, work with me and doing nothing else is going to, it's not going to cut it. But again, I have caught myself trying to impose my goals on others. Um, so I've just had to learn to step, and not my personal goals, but my goals for. You're going to do a half marathon. No, you're half marathon. Half marathon. Like, but, you know, no, like if, what if, you want for them. For them, exactly. But it's it's all about what they want for them. 
I think that's a great point. Like, as fitness professionals, I'm like, you could do this, or why don't you want to do this? And it's like, why am I... It's like your mom trying to prevent you from making the same mistakes. And like, just let me make my right, own right, mistakes. Right, right, like, right, it's right, almost right. going to make them make those mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often do you get people that have goals within a time frame that is not realistic and that you have to, like, explain to them? Like, I want to lose 50 pounds in two months. If you came to me and said that, I'd say, that is a great goal. Now, let's talk about this. First of all, let's break it down. You know, I, let's just, let's start with five pounds. <laughs> let's see if you can lose five pounds in a month. And then I explained to them, you know, I, I like to see people, if you're really, if you really need to lose weight, and we want to do it in a way that you're going to keep the weight off, I want you to lose one pound a week, maybe. One to one and a half pounds a week. But I, I need to lose 50 in two months. You see, I have a beach trip coming up. Well, first of all, why didn't you call me last year? <laughs> Sorry, I was busy. <laughs> Second, right. Second of all, I understand. I understand that that is a very important event for you. Just keep in mind that the faster you lose the weight, the much more quickly you're going to regain it. Oh, that's good. Another fun fact about Meredith is that I used to weigh 30 pounds more than I do now. I never said I'm going to lose weight. I need to lose weight. But I just started increasing my activity and watching what I you know, cleaned up my diet a lot. So 30 pounds came off, but it took five or six years. And I've kept it off. Mm-hmm. So I explained that to people. Not that I... I don't want anybody to think it's going to take them that long because I wasn't trying. Not trying. It right. happened like organically. Right. Yeah. But it is important for people to realize that if they lose weight quickly, that's just that yo-yo dieting thing. That's They're going to lose it. They're going to gain 60. Then they're going to lose 50. Then they're going to gain 70. Yeah. It's like, do you want to lose 50 pounds for your weekend beach trip? Or do you want to lose 50 pounds for your life? Exactly. Yeah. How, you mentioned, like, do you want to keep the weight off? How do you... Because it obviously like has to be a, a long-term lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. How do you implement that? Like, how do you have that discussion? Because a lot of what you do is behavior change and lifestyle mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which usually isn't taught in school. Right, right. Where did you learn that? <laughs> Probably experience, right? Experience. I mean, I my diet is... My, my whole lifestyle is so much different than it was at one point. But I never... You know, it's not like I ever said... I'm going to make these changes. You know, I made one change, then another. And that's what I tell my clients. I say, let's let's figure out what we're going to do. You know, we're going to walk 30 minutes a day. If you miss a day, fine, but don't miss the next day. Or let's talk about your diet, you know. And I'll, instead of them, sometimes people come to me and say, tell me how to eat. Tell me what to change. I say, let me look at what you're eating first. And then once I get an idea, like I'll have them write down, log what they eat for three or four days, I'll say, okay, these are some things I see that we could improve on. What do you want to start with? Add a serving of vegetables every day. I feel um, like I'm, I'm talking to myself. Uh, this is great. <laughs> but it's because it's, it's what works. It's great. Right. I literally just, we're writing a blog right now, and I was like, just add a serving of vegetables every day. Oh, like, can you just do that? And sometimes I say that all I want you to do is have, a, have make sure you drink enough water. You know, I tell people, I have got my bottle here with me now. I, I want you to carry a bottle with you. When it's empty, fill it up again. I want you to drink three of them or four mm-hmm. or whatever. Sometimes that's all we start with. Sometimes it's, can you eat an apple? <laughs> can you eat a banana? They're like, a banana? What? A piece of fruit? You know, something. Um, so just small, small changes. Has there been, do you have, not like a favorite client, but like a big success story, something that you like, made you super excited that you're super proud of? Um, I think probably the girl that I'm working with right now that I mentioned, hats off to Erin of Ohio. She's really come a long way. Um, She wants to learn. She wants to be better. She, you know, again, like I mentioned before, she'll eat the way that she thinks is good, and then we'll look at it on my fitness pal, and I'll say, now, look, look how much... Look how much fat you ate. But it was good fat, Meredith. It was good fat. I'm like, yeah, but you're trying to lose weight. You know, you can have that 
avocado and the nuts and you know whatever once you lose your weight it's still a surplus it's still yeah. extra yeah and she's like oh you know so the light bulb goes off mm-hmm. and she's increased her her exercise she's starting to make some good decisions about how to marry the two and she's learning how to navigate through a week of exercise you know do you do weight training every day no you don't you do cardio you so she's learning how to do all of that. Um, other success stories, gosh. I, I think that's huge. Okay. Going back on her, like okay. her learning it mm-hmm. and like her feeling confident enough to make her own decisions mm-hmm. because that is so much of what we do. Of Because to us, it's like second nature. Like, of course you should be doing this. You should be doing that. What do you mean? Why are you not doing it? But it's like we have had all this knowledge and experience, life, personal and school and then you look at someone who, I don't know, maybe was like an accounting major or like a music major. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do my taxes. I get TurboTax to do it. Like I don't do, I don't even change my own oil, you know? Um, And if someone were to look at me and be like, why don't you know how to do this? Like you feel bad about it. But I feel like often in the fitness health industry, I think I, I'm like, oh, how do you not know this? And like the biggest part of our jobs is empowering people to make their own decisions. Absolutely. So I Absolutely. think that's a huge success. Erin, Ohio, you said? Yes. She's in Cleveland. Great job, Erin. Yeah. Shout out to Erin yes. because she's crushing it. And those are going to be the things that she does years from now. You know, she's still seeing you or not because, like you said, you maybe see her two or three times a week, but that's a couple hours, right? It's mm-hmm. like all the changes that you spark mm-hmm. but she has to implement and she's that's why do it. she's successful yeah. so I love that and people always say you know thank you Mary you you know they're like oh you you know you've you've helped you me you've me. done this you fixed me I'm like no you came to me you came to me I just told you what to do you know that's all I did I told you what to do but you made the effort to do it and that the the work is on you you know the congrats are on you not on me why do people struggle with like accepting that they did it like in for example, like here, let's say we use dry needling for a patient. Not all patients, but some patients benefit from it. And they're like, oh, yeah, I think the dry needling really helped. And I'm like, what about all the other changes that you made? Right. They don't ever want to accept that they did the work. It's, and I, I wonder why, like why we struggle with being proud of ourselves or, or being like, Meredith, thank you for helping me, but I'm so proud of myself. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, well, it's... Yeah, I think a lot of people in my career, in my industry, and my you know within my clients, people don't come to me if they if they really feel good about themselves. So for most people that I see, you know, they're already down on themselves for something. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for those people to accept that they deserve the credit. That they did the work. Right. Yeah. You said you also work with golfers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. About how, like, what percentage of the clients you work with are golfers? Well, you know, oh, uh, a lot. So, yeah, I mean, and it, um, I guess percentage-wise, there, there are two ways I could answer this. I have a few clients, a handful, maybe three or four, who came to me specifically mm. For golf-related performance, performance. Yes. yes. Now, within my client base, there's a whole lot more that, oh, by the way, I play golf. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so, that, so, again, I could have two different answers to that. Yeah. I, have, I, have, I have a few people, very few people, who came to me specifically, get my name off of the Titleist Performance Institute website. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah. That's TBI, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I see that. Yeah. Like, think that's golf okay yeah that's awesome yeah and you are a golfer yourself I have played golf, have played golf. I have clubs I do when I'm not swimming biking or running I try to play but that hasn't happened in a long time yeah I understand yeah you're very busy right yeah have you thought about what's next after this half iron man or do you normally wait till after so okay we took something up <laughs> In terms of an event, um, I mean, I do have other races on the docket. Um, I've got a swim run. I've got the sprint tri-series. I've got another um, Olympic distance try. I signed up for the 
Kiowa Half Marathon. But those are all, um, you know, just kind of, those are, most of those are postponed from COVID mm. and rolled over, except like the sprint trial. But um, so without limits, the coaching program, they put out an email recently that they were going to be um, offering some internships for coaching. So they were taking applications. I was like, and you know, you had to submit like a resume and a cover letter. I was like, I haven't done any of that in 20 years. Yeah. So anyway, I did whatever they needed me to do and um, interviewed and got accepted. Yay! Congrats! So thank you. I'm excited. I think that'll be fun. That'll be just, um, it's kind of an extension off of what I'm doing now. Yeah, um, what is that going to look like? Um, I'm going to... I, I, they require that I go to practice once a week. So they do, they have group practices, team practices, um, several times a week. So I'll have to go to one of those a week, do a little coaching interview virtually once a week um, for about six, it starts May, starts next week and wow. goes through the end of July, I think. Exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. So is, is that, so without limits? Is that mainly triathletes? Is it endurance? Is it it's everything? It's okay. yeah, swimming, cycling, running, everything. Triathlons, triathletes, yeah, triathletes, triathletes. There you go. Yes. So, is that something that you would like to do as a part of primetime fitness? Is be able to coach triathletes and endurance athletes? I think so. And maybe not as part of primetime, but as part of who the, who the new Meredith is. Yeah, the new Meredith. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe the new Meredith? Oh gosh! I mean, I'm always evolving. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I'll, I'll have to think on that one. The new Meredith. It's okay. You have a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. Good. Before your half Ironman, I want the new. The that, new well, that would. I, that's how I would like to describe the new me. Is you know, I have like to have that half Ironman finish. Mm. Do you have um, any specific goals for mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm, Time goals? Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm, finish it. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um. Well, honestly, I have no idea. Okay. You know, when you're yeah. going into, you don't know the 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 the, um, the, the, the gradient, the incline, the hills. You don't know what the temperature's going to be like. Um, you know, and I've had I've got a friend who went traveled long distances to do two half Ironman races, and the swims both got canceled because of weather issues. Oh. So you just never it's know. Not that predictable. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you doing it with anyone? Uh, there's a, a couple of teammates. Well, the one t- one other teammate is going to do it. With me, and then I know of a few other people that are doing it. But yeah, well, that's awesome. That's in you said nineteen days. Nineteen. He's counting. Right. Yeah, I'm looking at the calendar. (laughs) What does your training look like? Like, what does that last week look like for you? So, like the week of the seventeenth. Typically, I swim three days a week. um, A long ride. um, One day, a long run the next day. So, um, and it, it varies and this is part of why I'd like to get into the coaching because I don't I, I, I look at my training plan I'm like I don't know how he figured that out but okay I'll just yeah. do it you know like today I had to do an easy bike and then an easy two mile run tomorrow I ride two hours with some harder intervals thrown in and then a 40 minute run yeah it's like very intricate yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you want to know like the science behind it yeah like why why you're doing what you're doing right yeah right I understand yeah so, prime time fitness. Mm-hmm. Looking forward, let's say three years. Where do you want to be? What is that? I'd what love is that? To be out okay. of my garage. Oh. I mean, I love my garage. It's great, but um, you know, it's um, it's my four walls. I get a little, mm-hmm. I get a little stir crazy, stir crazy yeah. within my four walls. I mean, I would like to at some point have maybe another studio, um, run some small groups again. Yeah. Um, even if I don't have another space, you know, some more small group. And that's another reason that I'm interested in the coaching is to get into more groups, mm-hmm. like, you know, group fitness kind of activities again. Yeah. And like online and virtual mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. What is the, the main reason you love doing what you do? To help people meet their goals. That's why if you're not going to work to reach your goals, I don't want to work. Yeah. I want to work with people who are, are, you know, achieving success. Um, but it is it is great when people, or you know, even it doesn't even have to be losing the weight. It just like I have one of my one of my um, clients. He's awesome because 
We can do the simplest stuff, and he is so great. He's like, I just love the way I feel when I leave here. I love that. When they're like, they're so excited, and they're so grateful. So grateful. And, you know, I haven't helped him make any changes. He's made some changes on his own, and they've been significant changes that he's done on his own. But just seeing him feel so good at the end of our workouts Mm -hmm. is awesome. It's so rewarding. Just like make. Having people move and having them love it, yeah, I think yeah. Is, is just rewarding. when they realize how good mm-hmm. they feel. It's almost like sharing your, like sharing your thing. It's like movement is your thing, yeah. And to share that with someone and then have them love it, yes, like yes, look at my yes. drug, come yes. do this drug with me. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's probably the best drug around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one thing that you are like? If everyone would just do this, the world would be a better place. Oh, oh I mean, gosh. if everyone would just be kind. I thought you were going to say have a glass of wine. Oh. That would help people be kind. It would, oh, unless you're a, 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 you know, a wicked wino or something. You know? <laughs> but no, I think if everyone, if, if everyone, if everyone would work out together, mm. you know, if everyone would move together in Boom. a kind way, in a kind way, mm-hmm. move together in a kind way. Mm-hmm. I like it. The community part of it is huge. Oh yeah, yeah. Where can our listeners find you, your website, Instagram, all those things? All those things. Primetimefit.net is the website. My Instagram is primetimefitnessmountp. With our MT hand on the forehead. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, wait, what is it? What is it? What is it? Um, Facebook, Primetime Fitness, Meredith Nelson. YouTube, Meredith Nelson. Do you like Instagram? Do you like the social media side? No. I don't know if anyone does. Like, anyone that is a fitness professional, that because it's kind of like a beast. Like, it's like something that you have to do. But it's just... And I'm not oh. good at it. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's a time suck mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, it's like a have to. And I, like it too. I, you know, where was I? I was just reading something about how, you know, Instagram, you see everybody's successes. You mm-hmm. see, you know, you see the end result. You don't see the hours they put in. You don't see the failures rarely. Yeah. Or on like social media. The the not good days. It, right. Great point. Like I I'm sure maybe people saw this if anyone really listens to this, but or watches my Instagram. I was trying to get handstand walks a while ago and I would post the videos of the the successes, right? I was like, look, I got fifteen feet today. But I would also try to post, like, look, I also fell. Yeah. Because if you look at someone's Instagram and you're like, wow, like, they can do this. You don't see all the work that was right. put into it. You don't see the struggle. You don't see the mental side of things. And so, like, if we could all just be a little bit more transparent on social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Um, because right now it's really just like a it's a showcase. Like, look how well I'm doing. Right. Right. It can be pretty toxic. Right. Look how The thing that gets me, too, is the ones that... You know, not, and I, I don't mean to say it's in a bad way, but it's the look how good I look, mm-hmm. those posts. But what people don't see is, like, how restrictive they are, they have to be to look that way. You know, the diet, the the hardcore yeah. workouts. Oh, gosh. You know? All, that's just a lifestyle. It's a complete change. Yeah. Like, do you really want to give up? having wine and cheese with your friends on Friday night so that you can perform and look a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's not the, they don't want the, the product. They want how they feel because they think if I look that way, I'll feel better about myself. Right, right, right. But it's like, oh, well, she must feel this way. There are a lot of sacrifices to look certain ways. Yeah. And like, yeah. And you don't see that. Having abs thing. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. you have abs. Otherwise you wouldn't be standing and sitting. Exactly. They're in there. They're there, I promise. And someone's like, I just want ads. I'm like, you don't have any? Like, where are they? Just, you know, try to be a super right. big jerk about it. Yeah. Well, Meredith, this has been awesome. Thank you so much Thank for coming you. on for round My two. My pleasure. Everyone, thanks for listening. Meredith Nelson, owner of Primetime Fitness. Go find her on Instagram. Check her out. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, 
feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.